This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, well, hello and welcome back to the Behold podcast, everybody. I hope you are staying uh, healthy out there. I know a lot of us are sick or recently sick or have been around sick people and whatnot. But man, whether you're healthy or you're home staying sick with your families, we hope that this time is an encouragement and an uplifting uh, just chunk of the next 45 minutes or so or however long it is with you guys. This is Sean and my boy Dan in the house. What's up, everybody? It's it's just the two of us today. Kind of just a, the two of us. Kind of just a, a little... A little more of a chill vibe, you know. I feel like I feel like there's there's a good energy of just like ah, just relaxation. Hope you can yeah. join in with us. We we did get rejected from some of our guests. We tried to book for this week. I'm sure you can imagine uh, that it's it's kind of tricky to get people in the studio <laughs> these days with everything that's going on. But but I'm excited for our conversation today, and I think we got we got something good good in store for us. Yeah, we debated doing the whole thing in song form, but we decided against it for your pleasure. Yeah, we tabled it for now. It, it could be it could come out in a later episode cuz I feel like there were some good some good little little musical moments in Let there. us know if you want that for next time. <laughs> well, hey y'all, we are in now at both campuses in our teaching series about heaven. You know, it's called Better Than You Can Imagine. And this last week at the Crossing Campus, Charlie Dove head first. You know, we had our first intro week with Gary and, and Pat. Um, just kind of some preliminary info and kind of questions about heaven. But now we're really diving deep into what this really means for us now, you know, and, and how the hope of heaven should define some of the ways that we live our lives today. And these things are true, you know, 2,000 years ago as we read these accounts. And they're just as true right now um, in our context of Bay Area, Tri-Valley, you know, Omicron, all the stuff. You know, nothing is new <laughs> under the sun when it comes to the Lord. So we're excited to just talk about today how this hope of heaven will change our lives today as we shelter from everything going on right now. So Dan, as you were listening to Charlie here at The Crossing and me two weeks ago, you know, what was kind of one of the first things that struck you as useful or encouraging? Yeah, I think that the thing I want to talk about first is is just the the physicality of of heaven, and when a lot of times when we think about heaven, it's easy for us to fall into the trap of of picturing our existence as being these disembodied, you know, spirits who are just kind of floating around, just nondescript, kind of doing nothing. And what I really loved about what Charlie taught us, you know, from First Corinthians 15 is is that this resurrection that Jesus uh, did, you know, it, it happened physically, right? And even all, if, if you look at everything in Jesus's life and ministry, he was born physically. He, he lived, he grew up in the physical world. He, he interacted with people and did miracles and, and, and taught and just, you know, ate and drank and just kind of lived as a human. And then he died physically. He was buried physically and his resurrection was physical as well. He didn't come back as a ghost, right? I love, I don't know if you remember, Charlie was teaching last year when we were in quarantine, we were, I think it was the Easter series. And he was just talking about how the resurrected Christ ate 
with the disciples and they actually saw him consume food and drink. And, and Charlie said this profound quote, I'll, I'll remember forever. Do you remember? Mm-mm. Ghosts don't eat fish. Oh yeah. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Ghosts don't eat fish. And I just think that it's really, really important that, that Jesus did all of these things, even to, even the point when, so he was, he was hanging out with people and, and hundreds of people interacted with the resurrected Christ and saw that he was physically re- resurrected. And then he, he does this wild, crazy thing. He ascends to heaven and he does that in a physical way too, with his physical body. And so when we think about heaven, if, if Jesus is, is, is running ahead of us, if he's this archetype for us, when it comes to resurrection, then when we get to, to be in his presence, if we die now, or if he returns and, and, and takes us all up, no matter what, we're going to be in this physical, we're going to have this physical resurrected body in the model of, of Jesus's physical resurrected body. And I think the implications for that can really get us excited because there's all different kinds of things that, that we're going to do in heaven, especially when the new heaven and the new earth is, uh, you know, is created there's going to be all kinds of different work to do and activities and adventure and things to learn and, and people to see and places to go. And there's going to be this continuity between what we experience here on earth, but in heaven uh, without any of the, 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 the nasty <laughs> sin and, and death and, and sickness and all that stuff. So that was one thing that was really exciting for me. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I like that, you know, this is kind of towards the end, but just speaking about the the physicality of heaven, I think it just ties into the idea that that heaven's real, you know? And and I think one of the things that I really appreciated from this week that Charlie taught about was just the promise of heaven seen in Christ's resurrection. You know, in that section of First Corinthians 15 in verse 20, he was talking about the first fruits. You just finished saying, man, if, if, if our hope in Christ only benefits us in this life, then we, most of all people in the whole world are to be pitied, you know, <coughs> but Christ was raised. He was resurrected. Mm. And he says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And Charlie clarified that, man, when he's calling him the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, he's saying that Christ is the promise of what's to come. You know, just like that first apple that falls from a tree is a guarantee that what's going to come from that is more apples, right? Yeah, it's good. And so when we look at Christ, like you're saying, it's like, man, he's a physical person. He ate the fish. He mm-hmm. ate the fish. He, right. He's a human. Right. And so if we look at if we look at an apple tree that drops an apple and then say to ourselves, I think what's going to come next is going to be a, a an orange, that would be strange of us, right? So when we're talking about what our bodies and lives are going to look like in heaven, where else do we look except for the first fruit that was given to us, which is Jesus raised. Yeah. And, and I think it's so cool too, just in that, in verse 21, just comparing Jesus with Adam. And if you, if you think of Adam as the, the first man archetype is that he ushered the rest of mankind into death. That's a sad story. It's pretty bleak, right? But then if you look at Jesus as this like second man archetype, we can be encouraged. We can be, we can have hope because he's ushered us into a life and, and it's a life that we don't have to kind of wonder about and guess about. Uh, obviously there is some, some cool kind of implications that we can think of and, and it definitely gets our imagination going, but 
it's based again in reality that the Jesus authentically, physically, historically rose from the dead. It's a sound fact that is documented in very reliable ways. It's miraculous, yes, but but it's also historical fact. And so we can really put our, our faith and our trust in it, that it's going to happen to us. Amen. And I think as we think about that, like just that thought process of, oh, it's not this ephemeral kind of thing, it's not ambiguous. I even like thinking about this of just, man, bringing up Adam and Eve, like God did this before. He made the earth once, you know? Yeah. And his intention for Adam and Eve was to be his worshipers forever. Yeah. And, and then sin messed it up. And then here we have Jesus redeeming that. But then as we think about eternity, I think about this a lot of just, man, this is the the hope of heaven is not this, we're going to be in the clouds and just, you know, tilling the field for eternity and mm-hmm. whatever, you know? But it's like, man, think about your life right now. Think about the world we, we see and just think about some of the most memorable moments in your life where you've seen something incredible or you've like gone somewhere geographically amazing and been, just been wowed by a mountain or a waterfall or, or whatever. Mm. Think about the relationships in your life. You know, those of you who are, have spouses or, or, or special people in your life, brothers and sisters, kids, even your pets, you know, think about everything that warms your heart in this life right now today. And some of us have people that we cherish deeply, you know, and I think about my wife right now and my daughter and they just, I I just, I'm filled with joy, you know, and we think about this life right now and it's like, man, every good and perfect thing comes from our father. So when we think about heaven, really all of these things are what we're going to be experiencing, except we're going to be in, in the world, the way it was meant to be like, man, just think about that for a second. You're going to be in the world the new world, the new earth, the way that it was always meant to be still engaging in all these things, amazing wonders before us, depth of relationships with one another, you know, having that same richness to, to, to life that, that people bring, except it will be the way it was meant to be in the presence of our savior forever. Like, man, isn't that exciting to think about? Yeah, it is really exciting. And I've been memorizing Romans eight over the last couple of months. And it talks about this idea of, of creation groaning that ever since sin entered the world, that creation has been, has been longing for the glory that, that it was, pro- it, it, that it was promised, you know, and, and that basically through us being adopted into God's family, there's going to be this revelation on that day of man this 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 release of of all of the i don't know the the angst and the 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 longing that creation and we ourselves feel we're living in in this tension of of a broken world that is that is fallen into sin and man like there's it, it talks about like a um like the the pains of childbirth and uh, you, you, Sean, you and I have never experienced that and never will experience that. Thank <laughs> God. Not. But, but each of us have, have wives that have experienced that. And there is just such, um, obviously such turmoil and trauma and pain and, and just a groaning and a longing that, that women experience when they, when they deliver a baby. But what happens when when they get on the other side of that and the, and they hold that child in their in their arms and they see 
that child face to face, there's a, a sense of relief and there's this sense that, man, all of the suffering was, was worth it. And I think that's something that we really can look forward to when we get into the presence of Jesus, that, that there will be this release, there will be this, this satisfaction, this relief. And I think it helps us. We, you know, we, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly is what Romans eight says. And I think that's just a beautiful picture of the reality that we live in on this side of eternity. And Charlie did a great job of, of basically talking about what should we expect as it relates to our bodies, right? We like the idea of getting a new body. We like the idea of, of being, you know, uh, like the resurrected Christ in our new bodies. But I think there's, there's some real stuff that he unpacked here. Um, so as it relates to what our resurrected bodies are, are going to be like, I think Charlie said, like they, they, they're not going to deteriorate or, or be destroyed that there'll be this redemption from, from sin and, and the consequences of sin. Just as you were thinking about that, Sean, what, what did that kind of do for you just as it relates to the present suffering that you're going through, as it relates to just the, the tension of that, the pains of childbirth, you know, that you're living in right now. I don't know, like how did that hit you? Yeah, well, it's interesting, you know, you bring up the childbirth thing. And obviously, I think a lot of us, when we talk about our, our bodies, it's hard to not think about COVID stuff, you know? Totally. Or just the fatigue of like wondering, am I going to get sick or all this stuff, you know? Yeah. My which side of the fence you're on? And man, again, just the, the relief of not having to worry about any of that stuff. Yeah. Like, man, doesn't that just sound so nice to, to forevermore never have to worry about your health and your can cancer or COVID or whatever the next thing is after that of just no, but your body is just right. <laughs> Things are just, yeah. just right. And man, I, th I think for me more so than my body itself, I was just focusing when Charlie was talking about just that moment of man, sometime, unless he comes now or before we die, mm -hmm. Christ is going to come back and then we're going to be raised up and just, just think about that. You know what that moment's going to be like. Yeah. I don't remember if we talked about this last week or not, but just, picturing that like first time you open your eyes, you know, yeah. after you pass on this earth, how miraculous is that going to be? And you look down and you're like, Oh, I got feet. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. here. I'm, I'm yeah. standing here and you know, I'm in the presence oh. of Jesus. I just, it's going to be can't. wild. And I love just how you brought up the idea of like with the groaning and creation groaning. And then there's that, that relief after that, you know, and I think for us, it's going to be the same way of, yeah, death is unpleasant probably mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. But man, just the relief that's going to come when we behold our, our Savior together. And I was even thinking about, as you were just talking about um, creation, uh, those of you at home, let's go home or do some homework after this and read Revelation 6. And that's when you know, the the opening of the scroll. And it's this amazing thing that's that's happening where there's this scroll and no one, who's worthy? No one can open the scroll. Well, Jesus mm. comes up and he is worthy. And then he's opening these seven seals on the scroll. All these things start happening. And I think it's the sixth seal. When he opens the sixth seal, it's like, as far as creation goes, quote unquote, all hell breaks loose, you know? Yeah. Like there's giant earthquakes and there's gale force winds and the sun turns black and the, the full moon turns red as blood and the stars start falling from the sky. Wow. Like it's going crazy out there yeah. in response to Jesus opening the scroll that's going to then reveal just the truth and beauty of, of heaven and, and of our God. But man, just what a picture of now creation groaning 
And then looking at what creation is going to be doing in eternity when mm. that moment happens is just, woof, it's powerful yeah, to think about. It is. It really is. One thing that I'm really looking forward to is just not getting tired. <laughs> and and I don't know if if there will be sleep in heaven. Uh, I think some people, like my wife, Emily, she her favorite part of the day is getting in bed, you know, and going to sleep. Uh, some people really love just that, the restorative rest and just getting a good night's sleep, waking, waking up, feeling fresh. I don't know if we'll need that or not, but, but the, the picture that I get is like, um, I know I think about what is it? Isaiah 40 that says even, even young people get tired and, and, and grow weary and faint and they need to rest. Right. But I just think like, man, I, when I get to heaven, I just want to run, <laughs> you know, it's, I just want to like take off and just run as fast and as far as I can and just feel what that's like to not get tired, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I, and I think like there's this, we talked about it last week that outwardly we're wasting away day by day, but inwardly we're being renewed. And as soon as we're born, the process of, of decay starts, right? As soon as we're born, we start dying basically. And to just think that when we are in heaven with our new resurrected bodies, that that, that deterioration won't be a thing, that, that there won't be this, this decay. And that's something that I think should get us really pumped up. Yeah. Well, I just, I love the idea of, because I, I think there will probably still be like times of rest, but it will be by choice and yeah. not like, oh, we need you to recharge. Sure, sure. Like I, th- I think we'll still do the process of like, man, be still and know that God is God, you yeah. know? And chill, yeah. And chill, but it'll be like, we can do that if we want to for a hundred years if you want to, you know? Yeah. But we can run, like you said, which reminds me of that, that Phil Wickham song, you know, I want to run on greener pastures. Yeah. I, I want to uh, dance on higher hills. I want to drink from sweeter waters and the misty morning chill. Just love that picture of just, man, I want to do it all. I yeah. want to experience everything in the world that the way it was meant to be. Yeah. Um, and then I think as you think about that, going back to this this chunk that, uh, from Sunday of just, man, it's going to be with real bodies, with physical bodies, uh, probably closer to your picture right now of your body than like some of those depictions of heaven in movies and whatnot, you know, or just like floating spirits or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But things made right, you know, your body as it was meant to be, which is just yeah. so interesting. Yeah, I love that. And I think a lot of us have throughout the course of our life, we've tasted the sting of death. And Charlie did such a great job of just talking about, man, that, that is something we feel in a real heavy way uh, on this side of eternity. We lose loved ones. We, we see tragedy and, and chaos in the world and people with such hatred, just hurt harming each other and, and, and loss of life. And I think the, the brokenness of our world is that there's a certain sting that comes along with that. And man, how, how glorious will it be when we are, are, are there, you know, with the new heaven and the new earth and death has no, no sting anymore. And it's, it, and it's really interesting too, because it kind of comes back to that, that thing of like, God's kingdom is already, but not yet. Cause, cause really Jesus has already removed the sting of death mm-hmm. through the resurrection. 
and he's already removed the the power and the penalty of sin in the lives of those who who have tr- put their trust in him but we're waiting for the consummation of of that we're waiting for the the full um rolling out of God's kingdom and 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 his promises and and i think there's um there's again there's a lot of tension in that and i want to go back to the the first part of of acts chapter 1 where Jesus, you know, is, is talking with his disciples and giving him them last minute instructions before he ascends to heaven. And, um, it's just interesting. I was, I, I'm re- we just finished reading the, um, Jesus storybook Bible with, with, with my kids. Mm-hmm. We, we would read a couple, a couple stories each night and, and, um, we just finished where Jesus ascended into heaven and it's, there's just really beautiful little, uh, illustrations but there, there's like this zoomed out picture of all the all the followers of Christ just like standing there, bird's eye view, looking up to heaven. Yeah. And they're just kind of like witnessing this amazing thing. Okay, Jesus just like did a Superman thing. Like he just took off into heaven and and disappeared into the clouds, you know? And they're all just kind of like standing. <laughs> I just picture like mouth wide open, just like what just happened. And then all of a sudden these angels appear and they're like, um, hello, like, well, what are you doing? Like why, why are you, why are you looking up, you know, towards heaven? Um, you know, Jesus is, he, he went, he went to be with the father and he's going to come back in the same way, but you can't just spend your whole life staring up towards heaven. You got work to do. Remember he gave you an assignment, go, go be his witnesses. And so the, the disciples go in, in to Jerusalem and, and wait, wait for power, you know? And, and then it kickstarts this whole revolution that, um, hasn't stopped since, you know? And so I, I like with this conversation of heaven, um, we, we certainly want to have our, 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 our eyes and our hearts fixed on the heavenly things. And we want to be waiting and longing for God's kingdom to come and for everything to be made new and right. But we can't just sit around with our looking towards heaven. Like, we need to be busy about, about the kingdom's work here mm-hmm. and now. And we can even hasten the day of his coming by being faithful and obedient to what he's called us to do. And so maybe we can talk a little bit about, about that, like Charlie's charge to us of um, being steadfast and, and immovable in the truth of the gospel and always abounding in the work of the Lord. So what does that look like now um, as we as we kind of are in this weird tension zone. Yeah. Well, I think, I think there's kind of, you know, right now we're reading about the ascension of Jesus, but I think we can apply this to, you know, our modern day encounters with Jesus, you know, coming to know him, receiving salvation. What do we do after that? You know, mm-hmm. I think there's two responses that are bad. One of them you just said of just that idea. We're just like standing around like sardines, you know, staring up at heaven kind of thing. And I think we can fall into that mentality sometimes when things are getting rough of just sticking our heads in the sand and being like, Jesus, come quick, you know, yeah. like, Lord, come quick. And it's like, yeah, of course I want to say that and pray that. But at the same time, that, that can't be all we do. You know, we can't just, I remember one time, maybe a month or two ago, uh, Timmy J was giving a teaching at the Ultimate and we're talking about, man, wouldn't it be nice in some ways to just get out of culture, you know, go out in like to Montana somewhere and start our little VBC commune, you know, and just exist with just one another, just saved brothers and sisters. And then we can like 
wave out from the window every once in a while. Like, oh, look at the pagans over there, you know, <laughs> like keep yeah. doing our own thing. Yeah, well, in some ways that's nice, but at the same time, then we're not participating in kingdom work. Right. We're missing out on that charge. But then I think at the same time, another response that's bad, I almost picture it like a movie scene. You know, I'm picturing that bird's eye view you're just talking about, people looking mm. at heaven. And then like, I'm picturing this moment where everyone like looks around and like, well, that was cool. And they just walk away and go back to what they were doing and yeah. keep keep fishing and keep making wheels or whatever they're doing. Yeah. It's like, man, that too, you're you're not participating in the kingdom work. And we do that all the time. We're super guilty of this of falling victim to the hustle and bustle of Bay Area life, you know? Of just, man, we we've come to know the Savior Jesus Christ. You know, we we've seen his work in our hearts and in our lives and in relationships. And then we just like come Monday morning go to work and like forget all about it for the next six days, mm. you know? And it's such, such, such a trap of missing out on participating in, in the kingdom work. See, I think either of those are bad. So I think the two ways maybe we can focus on for how we do participate in kingdom work is right. maybe um, like on an individual level and then like on an other's level kind of thing. Yeah. Or, or maybe, maybe an individual level and like a, like a corporate, like yeah. church body kind of, kind of way. Yeah. And, and so, and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but just I think it, this was a great encouragement for us on Sunday, just to just to kind of look at where how God has uniquely placed each of us in our spheres of influence, whether it's you know the parents on your kids' soccer team, or it's the the people that you work out with or play sports with. It, whether it's maybe you're a manager at your company and you you run a team, um, I think obviously our children and our children's friends and and the people that we live next door to, there's these relationships that we have that we're already investing in and cultivating. Most of us are not living in isolation. Most of us have relationships outside of the church with people that don't know Jesus yet. And so rather than thinking about, oh, let me, you know, go out and and do like cold evangelism, you know, just like (laughs) stand on a corner or just go door to door knocking on random people and, and trying to engage them in Christ. I'm not saying that can't be effective, but why would we do that? Uh, if we're neglecting the, the relationships we already have, the, the opportunities we already have. And I think that it, um, I don't know, I think in, thinking of ways to simplify it and not add layers of complexity, but just to say, to look at, at my life and just say, okay, what are the things that I'm already involved with? What are the people that I'm already connected with? And how can I be more intentional uh, with them with regards to, um, answering their questions about heaven, <laughs> answering their questions about the person and work of Jesus, answering their questions about the Bible, uh, hearing just their worldview and where they're coming from, asking good intentional questions and being good listeners. I don't think we have to go and reinvent our whole life to be involved in this individual evangelistic kind of relationships. It's just a matter of taking the relationships we already have and just putting that emphasis in, bu- building it in to what we're already doing. Uh, does that make sense? What, what do you think about that? No, 100%. I think it's it's like it's 
you can be doing a lot of the same things you're already doing, but by shifting the focus, then all of a sudden that becomes kingdom work when it <coughs> otherwise wouldn't be, you know, like your example of soccer or dance class or, or whatever it is. If you just go and bring your kid every week and that's all you do for the year, then to some degree, when it comes to eternity, that was done in vain, Yeah, you know? But if you use that as an opportunity to even in subtle ways, you know, drop the pebbles and sandals to, mm-hmm. to, to not be ashamed of the gospel and the way you talk about your life, then man, all of a sudden that had an impact in, in the kingdom of God. So yeah, I think you're, you're right. This is, so many of us are involved in a lot of different things and you can keep doing all those things, but do them in through the perspective of eternal hope, you know? Yeah. And, and I think too, something that I need to do more of is just asking God to give me favorable opportunities to, to bring up, to bring up him, you know, Mm -hmm. and to, to, to ask good questions and to, to even just ask people for, if I can be praying for them or, or whatever, think, you know, thinking, I think asking him to, to provide opportunities and then living with, with this kind of expectation that he's going to provide those opportunities. And I think sometimes we, we either don't ask or we're not paying attention. And so we miss, we miss moments where, where he's doing something. And so, yeah. So that's kind of, you know, just scratching at that individual uh, evangelistic kind of heart that each of us should have. And just thinking about, man, God has put us all in such unique situations. And if we're all thinking intentionally and praying expectantly, we're going to see those opportunities really bear fruit. Um, But it's super, super important that we understand that when Jesus gave the great commission to us, he didn't give it to us as individuals. He gave it to us as a, a body of, of believers. He gave, a, he gave it to us as his church universal. And then our local church here, VBC at the Crossing and the Altamont, are, are expressions of, of that global church that God has given that commission to. And it's so important that we understand that we're not just a bunch of individuals trying to, to, to um, you know, uh, fulfill that commission we are a body of believers uh, and we are God's plan A for the world to hear the gospel. And so let's talk about what that, how, how that looks and, and what are some ways, Sean, that we can participate in that? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I think um, it's easy to get into this mindset of just focusing solely on evangelism in this life. Which, of course, that's the Great Commission. It's important to do that. But I think at the same time, like if if the only mission that we have as Christians before we go to be with Jesus is is spreading the, the gospel and that's it, then we're really missing out on a lot of what the Bible tells us about what life is about right now, you know? Because on that in that regard, it's almost like it's like a like a pyramid scheme or like an MLM of like, oh, you're just trying to get more members, but the, yeah. the, the content isn't there, the richness isn't there. Wow. When in reality, it's like, it's not just about getting members in the club. The club is amazing, <laughs> you know, like yeah. life in the club of, of participating in the way God designed us to do relationships 
is is amazing to be a part of. And well, so, it's not make converts; it's it's make disciples. Exactly. It's 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 join our family, you mm-hmm. know. And we don't just join our family to join; we join to be a family together. Mm-hmm. And and so, I, as I think about that, you know, I one of the things that I think about sometimes as a leader in in a, in a church is just this mentality sometimes of like us versus them from people of like, oh, we're talking about kingdom work. Oh, that's for them. You know, that's for Dan and Sean because they're paid to be here, you know, whatever it is. Um, and it's just, man, we like we went, we went through the Together in This series. We're reminded that we, every single one of us, every single one of you listening, we, we've all been gifted with things. And God's intention is for us to use those gifts to do two things, to glor- glorify him and to serve and encourage one another, you know. And in that process, man, you, other people are being encouraged, God is being glorified, and you're being grown and developed. You know, your own hope of heaven and your own uh, trust in God's faithfulness and all those things will be nurtured and grown as you use your gifts to serve him in that way. So I guess that's one of my things is, is as far as this more corporate church family context is just, are you serving? You know, are mm. you using your gifts it, towards towards others? And I'm not saying you have to do this or this specifically, but just are you doing anything to to serve your brothers and sisters in Christ? Or on the flip side, which unfortunately this is really common in our area, especially is is are you just uh, do you just show up, you know, get fed and go home kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, that consumer kind of and mentality. You, yeah, and if you are like, man, we're grateful that you're here, no matter what. You know, you could not say a word, and we're happy and grateful that God has brought you to be a part of this family, but. We think you're missing out on on being a family, you know, on experiencing relationship and family in that way. For sure, and and there's a there's a richness to uh, our our community when when everybody is is using their gifts to um, to contribute to the the kingdom. And you know, Jesus tells that parable of the, the seed being scattered. And, and there's these different outcomes from the same seed. One, one part of the earth, the seed takes root and it grows and it produces, you know, exponential crop. Some of the other seeds fall on different soil and they, the, the thorns come and cho- it starts to grow, but maybe the thorns come and, and choke it out. Um, other soil is, 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 is even harder still. And, 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 the seeds get get eaten up and, and taken away, and there's no never any growth. More and more, when we think about that, I think we need to be thinking about our community, our church family. Hmm. What kind of a soil are we for those seeds to grow? Are we a, are we the kind of soil that's going to really promote and and nurture and cultivate growth, or are we that stony rock hard <laughs> soil where? Man, the seed is going out. People are hearing the gospel, but then once they get a taste of our community, they're like, uh, "No thanks," right? And 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 they 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 get choked out or or eaten up. And so I think it's really important for us to 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 think about. Man, I want to I want to contribute to this this family such that the soil is just prime for growth, so that people when they when they get a taste of it, they really get the opportunity to to produce. So. That's a way to think about it too. Yeah, I love that. Of just are you are you painting a picture of the beauty of salvation and of heaven with the way you live your life or not? You said it's mm. unfortunately if we don't do that, we can turn people away, which is not not good. You know, one of the things, maybe my last thing, um, 
as we're thinking about the idea of participating in kingdom work, it's interesting the wording that this section ends with in verse 58 of uh, chapter 15. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, which we just covered, you know, mm. being in the work of the Lord, but then knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. That's good. And I just, I think one of the questions I want to leave you with, and I asked myself recently is, yeah, just how are you spending your time? You know, what are you working on these days? And is it in vain or not? You know, I, those of you who know me, you know that I love learning things. I, I like, I love the process of like not knowing how to do something, spending time on it, and then being able to do it. It's so, mm-hmm. so much fun. Yeah. One of the things recently that uh, I've been getting into is competition shooting. And I'm spending a lot of time just training in that way and, and whatnot. But I was thinking about the other day, and it's just like, man, this is something that will not exist in heaven probably. Hmm. You know, like, like I'm glad that I have the, the, the ability and training to like defend my family in this broken world, hmm. but that is not going to be a need in eternity and in heaven. Like this skill is not going to transfer over, <laughs> you right, know, right. or so many other things will. And so just along those lines of just thinking, man, is the time I'm investing in this, whatever it is, you know, this club, this show, this, this hobby, is this in vain or not, you know? Mm. And and ultimately when we're talking about, like it says right here, when you, you, things are in the Lord, your work is not in vain. They're never in vain. So just ask yourself that, you know, this week, the way you're spending your time, the way your family is spending your time, is the stuff you're doing together and the stuff you're pouring into, is that going to be work done in vain or is it going to be stuff that's going to carry over into the promise of eternity? Yeah, man. Great, great question for us to, to ponder. And, um, and really just hold on to as we continue on through the series. So that's good, Sean. Love it. All right, y'all. Hey, thanks for tuning in with us. Uh, catch you next week, hopefully, for our sing-along version of Behold podcast. Exactly. It's going to be a rock opera. <laughs> it's going to be great. I uh, hope to see you guys this Sunday as we carry on in our Heaven series. And just a reminder that just in a few weeks, we're starting our Resurrection Life series which means we're also bringing back our groups, our Sunday uh, debrief groups, which I guess now they'll be called Resurrection Life groups, RL groups. Mm. So uh, make sure you're involved in those. Join up, and we'll uh, catch you guys next week. God bless, guys. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.